Well, we're getting into it, aren't we? It says that you have to unmute yourself. I can't, I can't touch you. Oh my gosh, I just said a whole soliloquy. Are you kidding me? Wait, what did you say? It was so good. Oh, the moment when we want to try something new. I swear. Well, forget it. Here's the intro. It's time to take a deeper look, see what's on the horizon. Check if the earners out or underperform the guidance. The good companies always striving for innovation, while the bad, short-sighted, often get complacent. But we plan for the future and look for action to take now. So gather around, it's time for the breakdown. What's up, everybody? I'm Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-creator, and all things galactic coming through. Yo, dressing all black like they owe me. Have your friends sing it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> give it up for none other than the wonderful. It's Jill and GC and the place to be. What does it? Cousins on this fine Tuesday. Um, I guess it's kind of evening, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's something like that. It, it, it's, okay. it's still light outside over here in Seattle. And the weather is pretty nice, by the way. Actually, yeah, uh, it is pretty sunny. How's, how's the world over there in Leisureton over there? You know, I know that you're the president of Leisureton. I'm uh, trying to get these lights together, you know, like. Okay. Uh, oh, that's a vibe. The ambiance. Um, <laughs> everything is great over here in Leisureton. Like, it couldn't be better. I feel like we're about to have a light war, Jolene. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to get the right color. It was like bugging me. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to match your vibe over here because it's. Well, it's I was crazy. going with yellow because I do have yellow on. You just can't see it, but I do have on yellow. Okay. Okay. So like a golden gonna, rod yellow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna come back over here to my wonderful lake mist. Lake mist. <laughs> and get it going. All right. So, uh, wow. You know, things have changed a little bit. You know, but you know, not really. But. All right, so let's get some obvious stuff out of the way, right? Like, for example, if you haven't subscribed yet, you know, there is a subscribe button down below that you can just go ahead and just, you don't have to smash it, you can just click it, or if you're on your mobile device, just tap it. You know, we don't want you to break your devices, especially if you got a new iPhone 14. Um, yeah, we don't want you to do that because the wait times would be ridiculous. Some of us know from experience. Um, and then on top of that, uh, if you like, uh, the show, then go ahead and smash the like button. <laughs> you see what I said? You see what I said? See? Untraining. Untraining myself. Go ahead and tap the like button so that way you can uh, ultimately help that YouTube algorithm so that way we can get more cousins into the fold. And on top of that, if you want to be in the know, if you want to be in the know, just like cousin Eric Moore was, and he was like, yup, let's hey, talk. <laughs> What's good, Eric? Thank you for having your notification bell on because we appreciate you. And on top of that, you were here at 4.22 p.m. ready to go. And uh, yo, he, people are being like the, the originals are starting to, you know, people are coming from them seats, Jolene. They, they are. are. I've seats. noticed that. That's good, so though. This, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, we, we, we're we seeing rotations all around the board. I was so. just about to say that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we got a pretty jam-packed show today. So let's get into it. So I pass it on to uh, the lady of leisure, uh, Joanne. Yeah. As I'm like, how are we doing today's markets? 
my AI camera. Hold, please. Uh, you know, let me let me let me get over to it. <clears throat> let me get myself these papers. I'm just kidding. I'm just being dramatic. Okay, so <clears throat> first of all, totally the doubt was up. It was up. Okay, so the that was coming in at 825.43 points. We are now occupying levels of 30,600, excuse me, 316.3 to the S&P 500, you know, put a respectable uh, 112.50 points up on the board. So now, um, let's see, S&P is at 3,790.93. And the NASDAQ stays swipe fighting for its life. It did good today. Uh, up 360.97 points. We're now back to the 11,000 levels at 11,176.41. The VIX came down just a little bit from yesterday. It's now at 29.07. Uh, last week, it was over 32, I believe. Yes, it was. Then we have the 10-year... You know, we have it at 3.625%. So, um, you know, it's it's doing its thing. Okay. So heading over to sector performance, as you know, there are 11 sectors. We like to track the top three and the bottom three so we can see what that rotation is looking like. Holding it down for the top three, we got energy, financials, and consumer discretionary. Bottom threes would be utilities, real estate, and consumer um, staples. So we're seeing like a lot of rotation um it seems like there's always someone a different sector on top every every week at this point um so heading over to our picks aka the sits now if you are new you can find our picks at um on our come up page or rather on our instagram page at that come up series we got Did you know uh, that's also on the youtube channel also Oh, it's also on the YouTube channel. Great. Is it in the description? Where is it? Community? Where is it? The uh, section here at the YouTube, uh, on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we do some postings here now, every now and then. We got to get better at that. But what we do have is the pick list is sitting right there. So it's pretty cool. This is right there and available for you. Nice. All right. So we got Twilio, TQQQ, and Unity um, up for the top three. I will note that uh, Tulio was up <laughs> a very respectable hefty 11.35%. TQQQ up 9.29% and Unity was up 7.01%. Our bottom, mm. we got Netflix, Enphase, and SQQQ. So Netflix was up 0.71%. Uh, Enphase up 5.57% and SQQQ negative 9.32 percent so mark we have questions um we have topics we have all kinds of things to get into today so oh we also have a chart so i feel like this is a combination of like how we used to do it like way back right, it feels it feels a little nostalgic like yeah. a little bit you know it feels good don't get me wrong it feels good a yeah. little bit of that you know so um, let's see what you want to get into questions. What you what, what you feeling like? You want to set some context with the chart? Because, I mean, we just talked about the market. So we can talk about. Take a I'm look here for whatever. I'm here for whatever. Because like the biggest thing is, is like, you know, we've been hearing a lot of stories over the year, over this year. You know, and there's a lot of story that, you know, from last year that kind of like mm -hmm. is playing out in this year. You know, timing is, you know, like they always say, trying to time the market is ridiculous. But ultimately you know, sooner or later, the stories do play out. Um, so 
I'm here for whatever, whatever you feel is the best way, whatever is clever, I'm here to do it. So how do you see fit, Jolene? Um, let's set some context. So let's take a look at a chart. We'll come back to the chart throughout, but let's take a look at it now and see what it's looking like, especially given, you know, what S&P 100 was up 112.50. I know there's some questions about hey, Jolene. No hands. Did you see ah! that? <laughs> it's magic. Okay. Magic in the building. It magic. magic. <laughs> okay. All right. So for those of you that have not seen the show before, you're probably like, okay, Mark, this is a chart, but what is this? Um, and then for those of you that have been here, then you, you understand where I'm going with this. So this is the US 100 over US 500. Uh, though that it's being used on TradingView, you can actually still use it on uh, bar chart, our good old friends there, they actually showed me that it, you can do an uh, interactive chart and then go to the FX and then put in the same type of thing to so put in the same type of thing uh, that you see on my screen, which is it's pretty much just giving you a ratio between the NASDAQ 100 and the uh, S&P 500. But it's pretty much the two charts merged together. And the reason why I do this is because of the fact that it's good to see one, a solid ratio. Um, but then two, one of the things that I love about this is being able to track a long term trend and looking at them both combined together. Um, and that's where it's like, you can really see that long-term trend of the pretty much the US stock market. So looking all the way back to June of 2017, we have pretty much have respected this long-term trend since what, for the past, oh Lord, the time flies, over five years now in the sense of, you know, we bounced off of this long-term trend line and essentially it went back to business as usual. So as we can see, when we move in a little bit closer, we came down to the to the trend line and we bounced up off of it. Now, of course, we've been in a bearish downtrend for the year, um, just consistently just drop after drop after drop. Of course, the market trying to regain its footing, but it just couldn't because there wasn't a lot of liquidity that was literally trying to play in this year's market. Um, and that's where we currently sit right now as we go to the close. But it was interesting because I posted up. A few days ago on my Twitter account, I said, it's very interesting. Will it still hold? Sell on Rosh Hashanah, buy on Yom Kippur. And lo and behold, here we are on Yom Kippur and the market is uh, rallying over the past two days. So it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting stat to go look at it. If you Google it, you'll see it. Um, but here we are today. Now, of course, it does kind of give you some futures kind of like activity. But really, the biggest thing is just respect the levels, respect the long term trend. And pretty much nothing is broken until the actual long-term trend itself is broken, which means that the market goes lower uh, to the downside. And so far, the market has seemed a little bit uh, reluctant to follow or to break that long-term trend. And here's the thing about trends, especially in long-term trends. They're hard to break within the stock market. So again, you know, the market is looking for a significant catalyst in order to break it to go to the downside. Unless if there's not enough to break it to go to the downside, then essentially it gets respected. Now, of course, you know, again, it's just a chart, but it's interesting when you look at the chart and then when you start to look at the news, when you start to look at the, the data that's coming out, it kind of like falls in congruence. Like, remember back when we had Cousin Q on the show and this was like earlier in the year or maybe going into the close of the year and he was talking about the cost of capital. Well, now that we got into this place, look at where we are today when we think about the cost of capital, given that inflation has gone, has risen significantly high. So when we think about that and the cost of capital, now you have to look at earnings differently. 
because let's say $90 billion in a low cost of capital is a lot different than $90 billion in a high cost, in a high cost of capital environment. And I think that that's the reason why we saw a significant amount of uh, price to earnings ratios literally get crushed this year, alongside with the fact that, you know, essentially like a lot of investors were significantly skeptical. Now, there is something to follow on to that, but I will hold on that comment because I know that Jolyn's got a ton of questions. So we can remove the chart off the screen and let's just have. Well, actually, we need to go back to the chart. Oh, what? Yeah, okay. the chart. So, okay, Mark. So, looking at just looking at this year. So, if we yep. can just isolate this year or yep. zoom in a little bit. Okay. All right. So here we are. All right. So, like, I'm looking at this chart, and as you're talking about the long term trends, like, first of yep. all, the the blue lines are very helpful for yep. what I'm noticing. So. Yep. I'm looking at March. Yep. Where it there was a significant um, like deviation from what it was doing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, back a little bit before January. Then we okay. see, then we see um, right after March we have that dip, and then it starts going back up. There's mm -hmm. a rally, but then mm -hmm. it drops again. It goes further. Goes further down. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of have a little bit of sideways, almost making its way Choppiness. to action. Yes. And yep. then once we get to that top part of the blue line, keep going uh, right about yep. there, August yep. 5th. Yep. We have a downtrend coming down. Yep. And so the question is now, given these the blue, the blue lines that you have on there. Yep. It, so should I break those down real quick? Yeah, break those down, but then also talk about the the chart um, and how the S and P five hundred is moving, like in relation to what those um, lines mean. Yeah, so the blue lines represent uh, two trend lines. So one, as I said before, the the one on the the, the line to the on the lower side, uh, that's the long term bullish trend since twenty seventeen. So if I okay. zoom it all the way out to let's say the five year period. You can see that we've respected that trend line. Now, of course, if I come in on a year, then that lets you know that the year lets you know the, the current trend, which is we've been in a downward trend, uh, essentially still respecting, still respecting that long-term trend for the most part, because like I said, long-term trends are tough to break. But again, essentially the market has tried to rally, have its moments of rallying, like we've seen back in April or where we peaked in April. And then of course we peaked again uh, but still in the downward trend for August. Um, and again, it's like, here we are, we kind of slightly pinged on Oct on September 30th, so to speak, or around this time we peaked. And then really on October 3rd, which was yesterday, we kind of started ourselves on a, on a slight rally. And it's interesting because I think over that period of time, we've rallied about 7% from the downside to where we are now, or it's like 5%. Um, so the thing is, is that, as if we get into a place where we start to consolidate mm -hmm. and this is the interesting thing if i look at it on let's say a weekly or let's say a monthly chart we're getting very close where again the trend is still your friend this is the mm -hmm. long-term trend but i just have it in a monthly chart but again we're getting to this place where sooner or later it's going to be decision time and this is pretty much it's going to be either a decision is going to be either made in october 
or a decision is going to be made in, in November as it pertains to where the market is going. And given in the sense that the market has been respecting this long-term trend for the long-term period, it really looks like essentially that, you know, if we're, if we're able to hold on to this and essentially if all things start to play out and especially if earnings still consistently remain strong, um, I mean, respect with respect in regard to, you know, like I said, cost of capital, mm -hmm. if things remain the way that they are, you know, really people thought that earnings growth for the S&P 500 was going to be in single digits. So they were expecting, what was it, 8% earnings growth? And currently, when we look at their S&P 500, it's at 12% so far. So if earnings still remain the way that they are and if they still continue to keep pressing, um, I think that what we could probably see is that the market will either consistently still trade a little bit sideways until we actually have a decision, a real decision from the Fed. Really, this market this year has been truly, truly predicated based upon what the Federal Reserve has been and what the Federal Reserve has done. So again, it's like, you know, you can't fight the Fed. The Fed literally moves how it decides to move. But so far, the, the Fed has already told you what they're going to do. I think the market has priced that in. For the most part, is there still a little bit of is there still a little bit of volatility ahead of us? I think so. We're in the midterm year. So again, I still believe that there is some volatility, but in the grand scheme of things, the thing that I'm watching here is will the market break its its ultimate thing, which is its uh its long-term trend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so um so here's a question. Um what is the outlook on the bond market pending a Fed pivot? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. What is the outlook on the bond market pending a Fed pivot? So pretty much, you know, a lot of times what people are looking at is the two year for the Fed. So currently, I think the, the two year, I don't have it up, but I'm probably guessing that the two year is probably sitting at about four, though that there is this four and a half percent target as it pertains to where we're going to probably get to and the US 10 year. The other thing that I'm also watching is the three month. For all of you, you know that of course I watch, especially when I think about recessions, because the Fed has to navigate a, a very, very fine line, especially as we're getting into crunch time. So a lot of people look at the two year and 10 year yield inversion. Um, me personally, I like to look at the three month and 10 year. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit more accurate. Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think here's what my here's what I project and seeing what could potentially play out. Here are some scenarios. The Fed could come out and say, OK, hey, we're going to do another 75 basis point move, which if you think about it, wow, we've already done how many uh, 75 basis point moves now? I'm starting to lose count. I think it's like three so far, three in a row. So let's just say that they do another, let's say, 75 basis point move in, let's say, this next coming uh rate hike uh, schedule, and then they do another 50. So then that would put you at 125 basis points altogether uh, to close out the year, which would literally put you at about 4.4, 4.5 as it pertains to meeting your target. Now, there's other folks that are saying that, and then at that point, the market is saying that the Fed could break. Now, in a sense of, uh, you guys have probably heard Steve Leisman say it on multiple different platforms, but pretty much where it's like, okay, hey, where it's like the Fed pauses and then sees where we're at. Like, let the data catch up. Like, one of the things that, you know, I think that the Fed has definitely been scrutinized for is, well, one, you should have done this in 20, you should have started this process in 2021, but, you know, you can't cry for spilled milk, we're here. 
And then two, you've come in way too aggressive than what we've expected for you to do. And, you know, honestly, this is causing some significant issues, especially since you're looking for indicators, but yet at the same token, those indicators are, are lagging mm -hmm. and that's creating an issue. So there's that part. So there's other folks that are saying that, oh, well, we could probably see a 50 basis point move in the next coming mm -hmm. rate hike environment and then mm -hmm. a 25 or another 50 and then go another 25 starting next year and then see exactly where we're at. That's those are the things in which that we look at in the sense of like, well, one, people are focused on CPI, they're focused on unemployment. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it was kind of funny when we had uh, John Rowland on the show mm -hmm. and it was crazy because we had that conversation after and it was like, you know, hey, his yeah. target for like the one year is more so looking at a five is looking at a five percent. And it's and it's possible that we could get there, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm more so looking at maybe like a 4.5, 4.7 um, as it pertains to the max um, if we do get there. But then the grand scheme of things, I think people are now starting to look beyond 2022 because 2022 is pretty much practically over in what three months. It's yeah. It's so pretty, now it's, it's time to look at okay, hey, well, what does 2023 look like? And in 2022, it was an ugly year. No way to no way to you know sugarcoat it. It was ugly. It was a bloodbath. But now investors and now money has to start look, thinking about beyond 2022, looking at 2023, looking at 2024, looking at 2025, and then possibly even 2026. What will the what will the global economy look like in that regard? You know there are reports coming out of China in, the, in which that they're saying, okay, hey, well, what if we sell dollar and then ultimately boosts one so that way essentially we can get our currency up you know you're starting to see other central banks that are starting to make significant moves that are now starting to essentially you know okay we're getting a little bit more active you know the biggest thing for what we think about and when i look at the federal reserve mm -hmm. is that they're literally trying to squash demand another arena that nobody's really talking about though that i wish that people talked more about is credit markets and we'll probably do that next week where I'll have a full, full-fledged presentation for everybody to talk about credit markets. Because that's going to be huge because of the fact that what the Fed does has a significant impact on credit markets, which therein from credit markets, it's, it sprinkles its way across multiple different factors as it pertains to the consumer markets as well. But so that's, a, that's an arena that I'm definitely watching. And so far they're holding, but it's starting to show signs of like, uh, there's well, some challenges here. Let's talk about the Fed because um backing up a bit, like what and their actions, what is the risk of this wait and see approach? So I'll give you I'll give it to you from both sides. So on one side, let's let's take let's take the bullish and the bearish. Let's mm -hmm. let's do that. Okay. So, so the bullish side says that the reason why you should take the the wait and see approach is because of the fact that you want to see exactly you know, what is it that has actually transpired since you've done the rate hikes? And then on top of that, it's like, you know, allowing people to literally absorb the shocks that you have literally put into the market. So you've just given a significant amount of adrenaline that has just literally flooded the system and everybody is in shock. You kind of want them to recover because giving too much adrenaline can ultimately kill the market. So, and you don't want that. You don't want to be known as the Fed that literally killed the market and ultimately also killed the economy. So that's one of the reasons why people are like, well, you've gone really, really aggressive. Well, let's have a pause to see exactly where we're at. Let's let's lift ourselves out of water 
and see exactly where we're going. Right now, we feel like we're swimmers, swimming towards a direction, but we don't know if we're swimming to the actual goal or target. Um, so that's what the bullish camp says. The bearish camp says, eh, you know, we got a lot more to go. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. keep them coming. Keep the rate hikes coming because of the fact is, is that we need to get our balance sheet together. We definitely need to get inflation significantly tamed. And the fact is, is that you're running on lagging indicators says the fact that, okay, hey, you got to make drastic moves in order to essentially get there. And in this particular regard, many times you're never going to really just come in like right on time as like if you're in an airplane where you know that when you're coming onto the tarmac, you know that, okay, hey, we're going to land. It's going to be like a little, you know, you may see a little wing like, you know, react in it here and there. But for the most part, you know that, okay, it's a, it's a somewhat smooth landing. Normally, when we talk about the Fed, there is no such thing as a, like when we look at through the history of the Fed, there's never really been a such thing as a smooth landing. Either they're going to be a little early or they're going to be a little bit late. They're never going to be exactly right on time. And we saw that in the sense of what took place during the pandemic. And then as, as it pertains to like, okay, hey, this is running overrun its course. You're late. And then here we are in, say, for example, 2022, ah, you're late. Mm-hmm. So my best guess is, is probably we're going to be late. <laughs> Day late in a dollar shirt? Okay. <laughs> there you go. Here's another question. Um, okay, I'm going to have to rephrase this question. Let me read it as is, and then I'll rephrase it. Uh, sure. Do you see the market moving sideways for next 10 years? If yes, any strategies or stick to the script? So I'm going to rephrase this question. Um so do you see the market moving sideways for the next 10 years? And yeah. if, well, I'll just say it anyway. If so, then what are the things to consider when formulating a strategy? Okay. So if the markets are ultimately going to be moving, let's just say hypothetically, if the markets are going to be moving sideways, mm-hmm. you know, here's what I would do. Like, I can only speak to you on what I would do. I would literally focus on income. You know, I would I would have a mixture or diversification on income. So, again, I would make sure that within my portfolio, I would probably have high. I would probably have high dividend stocks or income based uh, things within my portfolio. I would also have bonds because of the fact is if the market does not agree that the fact that equities are still strong and that they will be able to hold over a 10 year period, investors are always going to look for somewhere else. Now, I think John said it very best. We had this Tina uh, effect, which there was no other alternative. There was no alternative, which everybody turned to equities. But it was interesting because though, you know, there was a lot of things that also transpired there. There was also Kathy Woods that said, you know, hey, the broad, the bull market itself is going to have to broaden itself out. Mm-hmm. So which means that when you see that there is a bull market that's broadening itself out, then that means that there's other alternatives. There's other options mm-hmm. out there. And so, again, what you start to look at is like people looked at cash as an option. They look at Mm -hmm. uh, bonds as an option. They look at dividend stocks as an option. They look at, say, for example, I mean, REITs not right now, but again, they start to look at other arenas in which that their portfolio is well diversified. Is it going to be an all equities environment? It depends upon what your goals are over that period of time. For me, I'm 37 years old. I'm 37 years old. Like, honestly, okay. (laughs) You get one of those, (laughs) Jolie. So it's like at 37 years old, 
I'm not that super duper heavy when it comes to income just quite yet. You know, I'm more so still focused on growth. Mm-hmm. And if I'm using the gauge as it pertains to the private markets or the, the private companies, you know, AKA startups and growth companies and companies that are at scale and preparing for IPO uh, later on down the road, I see that there's a lot of great deal of promise there. So again, for me, that's where my focus is. I focus on a lot of growth because of the fact that I'm young, I can take the hit. And on top of that, it's like, I'm not in a place where it's like, I'm really like striving for income. Now, if I'm, let's say older and I'm focusing more so from the retirement, from the retirement, from the retirement, then mm-hmm. at that point in time, then yeah, at this point, it's like, I just want income at this point in time, less growth exposure, but more income. And it just depends upon where you are and what your goals are when it comes to the market. But overall, am I looking at a market that's going to trade sideways for 10 years? Absolutely not. If I look at it over the last five years, or let's say if I even go to, let's just pull up the SPX. So if I pull up the SPX, and I'm going to remove some of this stuff out of the way because this is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking at the SPX over the past, let's say, time horizon, and I'm going to even go even further, I mean, this is the market over the over a long stretch of time. So this is even including, like, let's say your 2008 and 2009. I mean, if we think about it, this started from 07 and then to, what is it, 08. And then as we move forward, this was 09. We were already in recovery by December of 2009 at the 50% marker. And then we made it there over a period of time. But again, companies were significantly different during this time frame. You know, you also have to think about who were the S&P 500 leaders during this period of time. What was the appetite for investors during that period of time? So again, it's like when I look at it over a 10 year stretch. So if I say, okay, from all the way from January of 2009, And then I'm going to go all the way to 10 years at 2019 of January. Look at the gains that you would have uh, like recovered from. That's what the S&P 500 is from 800 points all the way to 20, almost 2,500 points. That's a significant gain over a 10 year span. So to sit there and say that essentially that, you know, we're just going to trade sideways and choppy for 10 years, that just doesn't make any sense at all. That's just saying that companies are just going to sit there stagnant. You know, the companies that like innovation itself is all lost. When we when I when we did a 2024 episode of what we see the trends coming down the pipeline and we know that those things aren't going to be stopping. The money is definitely going to be flowing again. It's like, you know, I think that this is where it's like that point in time where we come into the environment and say, okay, it's time to relax. Like it's a little bit like, okay, hey, too much like literally fear, doom and gloom. And more so in the sense that if you're looking at a long-term goals and objectives, I mean, the markets will tell you over a long-term stretch of time, you will never find over the span of time. And this, this goes all the way back to what, 1988. So you will never find over a long-term stretch of time that essentially that we, that we just literally traded sideways over 10 years. So even then, when we look back to 1988 to 19, well, I got to get to 1998, which again, over a 10 year span, the markets didn't trade sideways. They were still going up. All right. So just for the recap, you know, you want to start basically first 
with what's your objective for your portfolio? Is it growth? Is it income? Is it capital preservation? Then zoom out and look and see. Um, sorry, I'm getting a call. <laughs> um, zoom out and then look and see what that long-term trend is. Because if there's no um, you know, visual evidence for a market trading sideways, then you can also look to see like what areas of opportunity are there given your objectives. So I thought that was a good question to kind of illustrate, you know, how you should approach and think about those types of things. Okay, no so here's another question. Does the come up series have a recommended formula for risk tolerance? <laughs> Does the come up series have a recommended formula for risk tolerance? Uh, it varies based upon every individual. So to put together some type of formula, I think the biggest thing is the number one thing that you got to look at is the money that you want to put, that you want to put to work with the overall objective over risk. Like that's really where it comes down to for any basic principles of investing. How much is it? How much of my money I want to invest? What are my overall, what is my objective for the money that I'm looking to invest mm -hmm. over like, okay. How much of it of, of the money that I'm investing? How much of that am I willing to lose, or hey, not you, willing to lose? Oh, I thought your sound dropped out. Did my sound drop out? I thought it did. It could have just been on on my end. It sounded like it did for one second. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, here's the thing that a lot of folks don't realize. Let's say that let's let's run some scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that, for example, that the Fed does their thing when it comes to, let's say, consistently, we're going to be aggressive, be aggressive. And then all of a sudden, it's like, OK, the market is now in recession. The global economy has now gone into recession. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the Fed's one and only tool in which that they can get the economy out of recession? Right. Interest rates. No, no, no. Tightening. It's. It's so we're already in a tightening environment right now. We're compressing because mm -hmm. of the fact that demand is still high, but at the same token, supply is low, and at the same token, inflation is and prices are high. We have to okay, kill yeah. So if you kill the economy, mm -hmm. you're going to have to resuscitate it back to life. And the only way that you're going to be able to resuscitate it back to life is thank you to all the folks in the chat. <laughs> you're going to have to do what is called quantitative easing, QE. Thank you, cousins. Like you are, you guys definitely get it. So if the Fed puts you into a recession, and because of all their quantitative tightening as well as their interest rate hikes, they will be the first ones that will literally have to change course and change path to literally have to stimulate the economy over a period of time, and thus probably get it better the next time, which is quantitative easing. But keep in mind, it's like it's very rare to be able to do these things, especially given in the sense that. You know, it's how many pandemics are we going to run or, or find ourselves running into on a consistent basis? Hopefully, you know, not for a very, very long time. Um, so another question, um, and this is we didn't really talk about. Um, well, not this. We didn't. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I think. But um, about the dollar. So this question is. What is bond market and dollar index? Um, basically U.S. Uh, dollar telling you, and do you think we have seen a bottom? So 
right now the current US dollar and you don't have to throw we're, we're not going to throw this up on screen so because I want to send this home for homework for folks so I want you to look at the I want you to find out exactly what the US dollar currency index is you know it's in the top it's in the it's in the 100s um so we see that happening now here's the reason why this matters to you an expensive dollar especially when compared against other currencies that becomes a challenge for equities and also some other some other things but specifically for U.S. equities. Why? Because it's harder to buy. And then, of course, you think about other things like like what I said, cost of capital. So, again, when you think about, like, for example, look at Microsoft's earnings and what, what happened during that time period. Okay, So Microsoft reported a stellar earnings. It was a stellar earnings. And in a normal environment without a high inflated U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. they would have beat the brakes off of the stock market. Significantly, but the problem was is that they were de- they had said we're dealing with FX issues. With a strong dollar, that means that essentially that other places will have to pay higher to buy U.S.-based products, which creates an issue for companies like Microsoft and many other companies. So as long as the U.S. dollar stays strong, and of course, the Fed wants a strong U.S. dollar. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. You don't want a weak currency i mean because then you never mind i'm not going to throw shade on another country so i'm going to keep that you know <laughs> all right but you don't want a weak currency that's the one thing that you do not ever want to have to face now in some areas you'll see that some some countries during a period of time they will devalue their currency but for the most part it stays pretty well in balance and so when we look at say for example the bond market so here's just the understanding of the bond market and why is it that you're seeing more so much activity within the bond market that also predicates and kind of dictates this, the U.S. stock market. Because again, remember what we were saying, that Tina thing. If I tell you, hey, Jolyn, if you give me, let's, let's just say a hypothetical, hypothetical number, if I asked you for $100,000 mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, we're going to take $100,000 and I'll pay you back the $100,000, but I'll also give you a 4% interest on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you take that? Without like, and if you know that, okay, hey, this is kind of like a sure thing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I'm going to take this versus would I risk it in a high inflation environment in a U.S. equity? Mm, yeah. So again, it creates another option within the market. Now, of course, with a strong dollar that holds down equities, but yet at the same token, it kind of keeps the bond market pretty propped up. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like when we start to see that those things start to fall, then again, it's like that's what, like when you saw like the two days in which that we rallied, what happened in the bond market? Yields, well, yields were dropping. Mm-hmm. So which meant that either there was folks that were buying up, say for example, in the short-term bonds, or well, they were buying them up all, all across the board, but pretty much saying that essentially, hey, we'll take that, we'll take that interest rate, we'll take, we'll take this rate. So which means that it, like that's the reason why we retreated from let's say a 4.3 or a 4.4. And now we're at let's say a 4.0, because there was a lot of heavy duty, a lot of heavy duty buying. So again, this is where it's predicated. And again, it's like I would be watching the three month, the two year, and then watching those in conversion, in inversion, versus the ten year. Okay. But it's pretty much just telling you in the short term, people mm-hmm. find it more advantageous to let's say, if I can get three and a half or three point eight percent or even four percent on let's say in three in three months or six months 
versus risking my money within the stock market, then I'm definitely going to do that. And that's what you're seeing. Okay. So, um, we were earlier, we're talking about how, you know, this year is basically over and Mm -hmm. most people are starting to look, you know, through to 2025. Mm -hmm. What, um, what sectors are you looking at? Oh, like the future. The same ones that got us here, <laughs> the winners <laughs> pick like the one thing that I will consistently, you know, and you probably have heard other folks on other platforms say the same thing, pick winners. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about winners, like those are the ones in which, you know, Hey, that like, I wouldn't say bet the farm on, but it's like, you're willing to put in a sizable amount when you know that they're winners. And then you put in a small portion towards those in which that it's like, okay, you could be a winner. You could be the dark horse or maybe not. And then it's like, okay, well, there it is. So for me personally, I am literally picking winners. The folks in whom which that I know that have like, and here's how I pick a winner. The folks in whom which that were doing exceedingly well or had all the, that had all the the residue that the fact that they were going to do just fine before a pandemic And then they did exceptionally well during a pandemic. And as we're coming out of a pandemic, they're still doing well. Of course, it's like nobody's perfect. So there's going to be some hiccups here and there. But in the grand scheme of things, the story really hasn't changed. Now, of course, there's other other folks that, you know, hey, that come to the stage. Just like, all right, well, you know, it's like LeBron James has dominated the NBA for the time that he's been in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But now there's new blood coming into the NBA. And now I'm looking at those and like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's a John Moran or there's a, you know, there's a few other folks like a Luka Doncic, for those in whom wish that watch NBA basketball, you're seeing that they're definitely on the rise. So you watch them or you're saying, okay, hey, I'll invest in that because of the fact that there's a lot of strong upside based upon what I'm seeing. I'm seeing specific qualities from those same winners that I've bet in that I've been into beforehand. I'm seeing some of that same type of residue or that same type of formula that I'm seeing within these new players. Not every single new player is going to be a winner. And some of the players that have been around for a very long time, as the market also changes, not the stock market, but ultimately the market in which that they do business, where we start to see changes, like a lot of folks were really willing to count out Meta. And then all of a sudden, Meta just announced that, okay, hey, we're getting ready to flex our muscle when it comes to augmented reality, when it comes to advertisement models. Now analysts have to go back and be like, okay, well, what does this mean? If I'm out and about or if you have a large amount of people or if you're at a WWE event or a concert, imagine what those ads look like. So again, it's like, you know, you got to think about exactly who the winners are that were ultimately shining so bright within your portfolio, not because of the fact that everybody was just jumping in, but because of the fact that they showed you that essentially that, okay, hey, our fundamentals are strong, which means that our skeletal system, hey, we're not going to get pushed and then ultimately like our bones break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are the companies in which that you look for. The companies that you're seeing that their bones are breaking right now are the companies in which that they did very, very well during the pandemic. But then when it comes down to looking at their balance sheets and everything else, they're not as tough. So which means that you can't really justify their valuations just yet. Now, it doesn't mean that the story can't change, but as it stands for right now, they're not winners. So it's just more so in the sense of we got to look at it in the sense of who ultimately is are the winners that ultimately got us here, who sustained us. And then at the same token, 
are they still strong enough to propel to go into the next leg over the next five, over the next seven, over the next 10 years? You know, are they still in the process of redefining? Do they still want to consistently push the envelope forward as it pertains to moving their industry or their sector forward? Do they still want to be, do they still want to be leaders in this space or do they just want to be comfortable and content? You know, that's how you look at winners. You know, winners don't stop. Winners don't stop going just because the other side wants to play. That's a great, great quote right there. So there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now that um, we review some charts. Yep. We answer some questions. We did. Um, One thing we do need to do is start preparing for uh end of year um you know as far as performance um mm-hmm. our own personal stuff um and then looking forward to uh next year in execution um and i mean all this in the context of like review and reflection mm-hmm. so We've had so many different episodes. Um, I don't even know what episode number we're on at this rate. I think we've done over 250 episodes, like which is crazy. Yeah. Over, 200, over 250 videos within the short span of time. So there's a couple of videos that stand out. And I wish that we had... Um, the I guess we can put it in the description at some point, but like yep. some of the episodes that would really require a second look yeah. in preparation for 2023 and beyond. One of those episodes was um, I don't remember the name of it though, but it was about the future, and we were looking at digital twins, and we were looking at um, the we're looking at s curves and the future is bright uh the curve yeah i can put uh, we can put we can put those videos together for everybody and of course i guess we got some announcements to make too um wait which announcement do you have like for example audio only <laughs> oh let's talk about that okay. yeah let's talk about it real quick because i know that a lot of you would love to have the come up series you know just playing over audio without having to come always to youtube and we've listened and we've been working really hard. Uh, shout outs to Cousin Vic because he's been very influential working in the background. Yeah, LeVic. Um, <laughs> he's been very influential for extracting audio and then making sure that the audio is good and picking specific episodes mm-hmm. of what's going to come on to podcast because the Come Up series is coming to an audio podcast near you, aka via Spotify or Apple Music. So that is pretty cool. Because of the fact is, is that now you'll be able to like literally sit back and just if you're driving without having to focus on your phone or whatever it is, you can just literally just play the episodes as you see fit uh, without all the extra stuff from YouTube. Uh, so there's that part. Um, of course, we know about Cousin Lawrence, uh, who mm-hmm. I mean, if you didn't see that episode, <laughs> you missed um, it. You're gonna, that's going to miss it. But you can always go back to you can always go back to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um and there's so much more that's coming to the to this channel and also within like within the family of just content in which that we're going to be looking to bring like the come up series has so much more 
that we can elevate and go to. And just think about like the journey in which that we've gone on. And it's like, we're only like halfway there and there's so much more for us to go. So I'm pretty excited for what's going to be coming down the pipeline, whether it's you actually have financial advisor questions that somebody can literally do breakdowns on the show for you to like literally discuss them and literally, you know, you could literally see how the mind works or how it's, how it's orchestrated legally, by the way, <laughs> from somebody who's fully certified and everything else. And that's going to be amazing. You can literally have somebody talking about startups where they can document the process and tell you how to get going, tell you how to orchestrate, how is it that you put together specific things. And on top of that, how you put together pitches for investors that will one day possibly invest in your company. And on top of that, even meet. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and on top of that, meet some of the founders that are going. We want to show even more founders of what Mm -hmm. they're doing that's innovative and that literally pushes the envelope, but also brings significant value to the main street market. So stay tuned. There's a lot more. And then of course there's fundamentals and technical analysis that people are going to dive deep into on a weekly basis. So there's a lot that's coming to the stage that we've been like, like for those of you guys that don't really know about what's happening. And this is where I'm going to like, kind of like go a little bit off script. Jolene, for Wait, before you do that. Yes. I just want to say, I am so looking forward to, especially as you talk about startups. Yes. I'm so looking forward to seeing some cousin founders. Yes. Who I see in the chat, you know, who have been there, like the OG cousins since 20. Yes. And like seeing their startup, like literally from a seat all the way to something full grown. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because we're actually going to be having that in the very, very, very near future, which kind of like goes into that segue of what's been happening Mm -hmm. in the background of my life. For like a lot of you guys that realize, you know, from when I decided to take a step back from venture capital, that that was a huge step for me. Mm -hmm. But then at the same token, it was more so me in a sense of saying, okay, hey, I'm betting on the culture. I'm betting on the people who look like us in order to propel things to move forward. And I hope that people understood that when it's like I brought like people our way to discuss and bring those conversations. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, we I created a company called From the Culture that literally focuses on helping black founders find their way. And on top of that, like literally build innovation and introduce that to the world. I'm super duper excited. There's over 11 companies that have literally been birthed from that. And we can't wait to introduce you to all those founders that are creating some pretty cool things. And, you know, there may be some other announcements associated to that, but that's really where my focus has been. And I'm very excited because in the, like I said, the very, very near future, mm-hmm. one of those projects that is coming to its it, its end, mm-hmm. you'll be able to see one of those, you'll be able to see those founders. And some of those founders are cousins that started here from day one that you'll be able to see exactly what they've been able to produce. I'm also focused on bringing stuff that we taught within the matrix and teaching that here in the come up series in an episodic format. So again, there's a lot that's been happening in the background. It took a lot to bring, say, for example, a Lawrence to the stage to bring, you know, the other folks that were literally preparing to come to the stage. It's a lot. So again, bear with us. Hopefully you enjoyed the content that that is, you know, that has come forth to you so far. But like I said, we're only halfway there. There's so much more that we've got to share with you. 
Yeah, I think another thing too is cross pollination. Um, and it's free. <laughs> right. As far as like going on other, um, I, don't, I mean, I, I guess you can call it platforms, but a lot of things have been happening live now that, you know, we're on this other side of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and being able to meet with people, you know, safely. Um, we yes. didn't forget about, you know, having the um, event. Yeah, we didn't forget about it. I mean, there are literally, like Mark said, there's so many things going on in the background that we don't yes. know in the foreground, but there's always something going on. But we do um, plan to, you know, have a situation where many of you, we get to meet, you know, in person and all that. Now, granted, we have met quite, I feel like we met quite a few people in person. We met a quite a few cousins. We have. Um, especially the ones that have walked away, um, you know, because they can afford that airfare. <laughs> Yo, flight <laughs> are okay? But, um, you know, so look forward to that. There's just so many things that are like happening. It's so exciting. And the biggest thing for me, Jolyn, is like, sorry to cut you off, is that, you know, when people talk about the event, Mm -hmm. like, I want to put on an event where it's like, you know, the people that look like us, like, it's pretty much close to free for y'all. But at the same token, it's like, we give you like so much value. So like that's that's one of the biggest things for us is like here at the come up series. It's not like we're just like saying that okay, hey, we'll put on no, we want to put on an event where it's like it comes at pretty much minimal cost to the cousins, but at the same token, what you gain from coming to such an event. Yeah. It's game changing, it's life changing for you. So those are some of the things that we look at. There's also the things as it pertains to like the information that we give or the people that are coming to the stage to give information. We want to make sure that again. It's game changing. It's life changing. You know, I probably like though that I, don't, I should not even have to be doing this, but I probably put in anywhere from 80 hours to roughly 100 hours a week on like literally dedicating towards building one, the future, and then two, investing my time and energy into our culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that is my focus and that is a passion for myself. And I know it's the same for Jolene because she literally bleeds it. Um, but it's like, those are the things that when we when we think about like what we're excited for in 2023, we're really, really excited for those types of things. So again, stay tuned. There's a lot coming to the stage in due time. In due time, yo. We got to pace ourselves. Um, <laughs> and also, it's so funny. This is just like a little, I feel like this is like after the show now. Um, it is. <laughs> but I do want to say like, Mark and I will be having a conversation and we'll be in like create mode and be talking. Mm-hmm. And we have a word, we have a code word um, <laughs> for when, cause it just be like, you know, like super hot, like just a lot of energy. Um, So that word is pilot. Mm-hmm. Anytime we start talking about like, you know, huge projects and we're talking about like things in the future and we're seeing it like well past like this point in current time right now our code word is pilot and that just makes us come back down to the ground (laughs) let's figure out like what the pilot version what the pilot looks like you know and it's so grounding so it is hilarious 
I mean, one day you all might be able to see, you know, behind the scenes. Of what I think that, that would be amazing if we document the behind the scenes of what it takes to like literally do this. Like it's, it's a lot that goes into it. People just think that, you know, it's like, yeah, the lessons and everything else. The reason why it's like a lot of the stuff that I'd give you is unscripted is because of the fact that it's coming really from here. By the way, I, I can announce this. I can announce this, by the way. It's coming from your Before heart. Before 2022 is over, you will get to meet the man oh, that yay. helped build the man. My grandfather has agreed to be on the Come Up series before this year comes to its close. And I'm really, really excited about that. Jolene, be right. easy on some of the stories. <laughs> but there's, there's something that he's bringing forth that's going to be a surprise to each and every single one of you as well. But that's going to be probably a monumental episode for me mm -hmm. and Jolene because of the fact that if there was no Louis St. Cyr, honestly, there wouldn't be a come-up series. So that's, why. that's something that we're really, really excited for because now you get to see somebody who's walked through generation after generation after generation and literally seeing this world from a, a set of different eyes, just try not to look too closely into his eyes because then it, it can be a little bit intimidating. But no, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm excited about that. And Wait, do we have Jolene, a date yet? No, uh, there's something that, like I said, the surprise that he's bringing forth is predicated know, upon that date. But yeah, yeah it's predicated to basically. Oh, okay, I'm serious. You're saying okay. Yeah. His birthday is also in December, so it'd be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Very, very interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it plays. We'll see how it plays. But oh, and also we should let the cousins know that we have not made any concrete uh, travel plans as far as being away in December. Um, right. And if we are away, then we will go live from wherever we're at. So just Excellent. you know, normally we do take December off, but we will. I think we're going to be here. There may be a small break, but it's not going to be the month of December, y'all. All I know is, is like, Jolyn, I've been running tired for the past few months, and I want to admit that to the cousins. Mm -hmm. If you've seen the bags underneath my eyes get bigger and everything else, just know this. Don't worry about me. I'm doing just fine. I am exhausted, but I'm exhausted building things that are going to be a part of the future that I can't wait to share with you and, you know, other things. Yes, <laughs> it's, all, it's all growth, growth over here. It is, it, it is. Really is. So that's the reason why, I, like, people always ask me, like, why are you so bullish? Why are you so bullish? If only you knew what I was cooking in the lab. <laughs> if only you knew. If you knew what, I, what we were cooking in the lab over here at FTC, then you'd be very bullish on the future. If you knew what I seen on the venture capital side, you'd be very, very bullish on the future. So when I hear that comment about the ten years. Of just being flat. Hmm, okay. Dang. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. But I'm gonna get some rest. I'm gonna go get some rest because I, like I said, I am exhausted, mm -hmm. and I've got ten days to work on, you know, something very in innovative. Future. Ten days to work on the future. Well, ten right, days well, to, reach, to reach the future. <laughs> normally, I would be like, okay, it's like thirty seconds until dinner time. But y'all, I'm going to go see Issa Rae, so I got to go. I wish I was wearing my I'm rooting for everybody black shirt, but you know. Let me text hey. her right quick. Hold on, hey. girl. I'm still alive. All right. Tell her I said hello, and you know, hopefully we'll move, we'll part the seas of traffic so that way you can get there. Y'all, thank you so much for rocking with us. We know that the show took more so an internal 
of what's been going on here at the Come Up Series, but hopefully you're more informed as it pertains to what's going on. Share this video with other people that you may know so that way they can be excited about the future just as much as we are. Until next time, I am Mark Monroe. Keep and learning, keep researching. The more you learn, the more you earn. And I'm Joe Lindsay, seeing the place to be, about to go holla at Issa Rae or whatever. <laughs> and this has been your come up. We will see you guys next week. Peace, y'all. Thank you.